Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is the Sikkim Podcast, presented by your friend in the car business, Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat in Waco, online at alansamuelsdcj.com. The Sikkim Podcast is a production of Baylor Athletics. Now, here are your hosts, Brooke Bednars and the voice of the Bears, John Morris. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's Sikkim Podcast, a production of Baylor Athletics. We're glad you're with us this week. John Morris, Brooke Bednars, and Brooke, this will be fun. This week, we're going to visit with two of Baylor's outstanding student athletes uh, from two sports that are in season right now. So I'm really looking forward to it. Yes, it'll be the first for the Sikkim Podcast to have athletes on. And I think we picked two of the best and brightest that we could have done it with. Later in the hour, we'll visit with uh, Ryan Day from Baylor Cross Country, but we begin with Kaylee Abels from Baylor Soccer. Baylor Soccer off to an 0-0-2 start so far. We'll talk to Kaylee about that. And Kaylee is a junior uh, defender from Waco High. Kaylee, good morning to you, and thanks for being on with us. Good morning. Thank you for having me. It's funny, I say morning as we recorded, it's morning. It's probably, uh, we probably messed up your morning routine. What's your normal uh, morning routine if there is a normal? Oh my goodness, I'm so spoiled. I don't have any classes until 11. Oh. So I really sleep, get sleep in until about nine, which isn't that big of a difference right now. But <laughs> usually that, wake up, breakfast, and then just go to class. That's pretty much it. So you're saying we made you get up early is what yes, you're saying? Yes, we did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> totally okay. Well, tell us a little bit about what you're studying and uh, some of those classes that you're headed off to. So right now I'm a supply chain management major and eligibility wise for soccer, this is my junior year, but for schooling, this is my senior year. So with the whole Corona adding on a year of eligibility thing, there's a lot of things still up in the air. I was already going to come back for graduate school for my extra year of eligibility. So that opens up an additional year that I would be eligible to play for technically all years of my schooling. So I would do undergrad supply chain major, and then I would go to graduate school and get my MBA. Oh, very neat. It really does open up possibilities, doesn't it? What was your thought process going through that thinking, oh, wow, all of a sudden I, I can have, could have another extra year of school? It's good and it's bad. Like, I'm already going to be here. I just wasn't expecting to play the last year. Gotcha. But it, I love the team so much, and each year it's just such a different experience. But I'm excited to see. There's Nothing's definite, but I'm excited to see what – it's just another door that's open that I could choose from. Well, so obviously um, you're from Waco, born and raised right here in town. Uh, kind of tell us a little bit about the recruiting process and how you ended up becoming a Baylor Bear. So I actually started soccer 
a lot later than a lot of people typically do. They usually start around five or six. I started soccer when I was about nine. I didn't start playing competitively till I was like um, 11 or 12. So up until then, I started with rec. I made the typical climb up, starting with a select team that's like small. And then I got an opportunity to go play for a team in Dallas. Just a complete coincidence. I was just playing for this other random league and then a parent happened to be there and he told the coach about me so I started playing for Dallas going up three times a week practicing playing games and I made my way up there too so it started out with D3 and some small Arlington league and then before you know it I don't know if y'all know what DA is but it's one of the top leagues so I just I worked my way up there I stayed with the same team Solar Chelsea for five or six years then I traveled up there the whole time doing it but college wasn't I don't want to say it wasn't the goal but it wasn't really what I had in mind whenever I started going I just just love to play so the more competitive the better it wasn't oh I have to go to this school I have to go play college I mean don't get me wrong I still came to I came to Baylor watch the games when I was younger it was exciting but I just love to play so much so I just kept playing I just kept working my way up. It was just something fun that I got to do outside of school. And then I believe it was sophomore year. Yeah, it was sophomore year. I started getting offers from colleges and I'm like, oh, this is so weird. <laughs> like, I don't go to college for another three years. I don't know. I mean, Baylor's awesome, but there's just so many, so many things out there. So I was able to pretty much mark off things on my list. It wasn't a hard decision at all, but do I want to go up north? No, I hate the cold. And then I have two younger siblings right now. One of them is three, one of them is eight. So I knew I didn't want to be too far from them because they just grow up really fast. So I want to be somewhere in Texas. And then I just love Baylor so much because the coaches are just so authentic, so sweet. Like what you see is what you get, but it's not in a bad way. And also the faith aspect of Baylor was very important to me because I talked to several colleges where they were just kind of complacent with the faith aspect of it more so oh we can find a place for you but Baylor's atmosphere especially on the team it's how can we help you grow in your faith and that was very important to me so Baylor was just kind of a no-brainer there were other schools that I was like oh this is cool but Baylor was pretty much that was it. Kaylee I remember when you uh, signed with Baylor it was a big deal I mean coming from Waco High to get somebody from Waco High on the Baylor team you know to stay at home uh, I, I can remember that. Uh, did you feel like, I mean, you felt like, obviously, you just said that Baylor was the place for you, but was there, were you kind of a pioneer, a, a trailblazer, you know, coming from Waco High to Baylor? I don't know so much a trailblazer. I mean, I was definitely supported by all of my Waco High friends and family. Like, they were so supportive. There was no hard feelings, no, don't forget where you came from, or anything like that. Everybody was just so happy for me, and I was happy for other people. People, we got to go D1 for football and stuff, and it maybe it wasn't a huge school, but, like, that's just an amazing opportunity just to go play the sport you love at anywhere, but I, that's, it's kind of similar. That's the way I feel, too. My home just happens to be at Baylor. Yeah. So I do want to ask you, um, you just told us about playing for solar up in Dallas and making that trek up there. Uh, were you making that trek up there to play forward like you did in high school the whole time? So from nine or whenever you started till college, 
were you a forward the entire time? Yes, I have been a forward all of my life. All Actually, I didn't start playing defense until the very last tournament, like the very last weekend I played soccer for select soccer at nationals. My coach just decided, hmm, it's nationals. You've never practiced at defender. You're going to play defender. <laughs> oh, so wow. literally at nationals during games, having no practice, he just goes, Kaylee, right back. I was like, oh, no, that's such big pressure, knowing that the goal, you're the last man back between you and the goal. I've never played it before. And, of course, the coaches were there recruiting. I was expecting them to. But, of course, they were on the sidelines watching this all go down. I was like, oh, no, they're going to watch me play defense. But that was pretty much the first experience. So I came to Baylor, and they always split us up based on positions when we practice, just so we can get some – work done that we would specifically see in the games for our positions. So I started going over with the forwards like I normally would, and they said Abel's with defenders, and that was it. <laughs> I just okay. never went back. That's a great story. And this is coming from a person who, uh, right, is the Waco High all-time leader in goals scored with 100. So, I mean, you were, you were very good at that forward position. <laughs> yeah. <Thank you. laughs> very good. So you came here and it probably – so at what point uh, do you get the, the feeling from Coach Jobson and the other coaches, uh, defense is pretty important here. We put a lot of emphasis on defense. I'm sure that happened quick. Yeah, I mean – Defense is really something you have to pick up quick. Like, there's no – I mean, don't get me wrong. I definitely – I don't want to say I struggled, but I definitely had a hard time at first. Just positionally, it's just so different. You have to think – train your mind to think a different way so you're not doing what would be first nature to you normally. So, playing there was definitely rough at first. But luckily, I kind of had a preseason where games don't really count to kind of figure it out. I had amazing upperclassmen center backs that were kind of walking me through what I was supposed to be doing. So they were so helpful. And it, it just makes me respect the freshmen right now so much more because they had no preseason to come in and prepare like I did. So they're just doing awesome right now. When the coaches at Baylor your freshman year said Abel's defense, uh, mm -hmm. what went through your mind? Obviously you'd kind of been thrown into the fire by your club coach and nationals, but now you're here in college and you're like, okay, I'm going to go back to what I know. Obviously what you're good at, like John said, the hundred goals and holding the record for Waco high. Um, so what was going on in your mind whenever your college coach is like, Nope, you did this once, but here you're going to, this is where you're at. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where, I mean, yes, I'm nervous, but at that point, I'm just so excited to play. If he needs me to play goalie coach, I will play goalie, God forbid. <laughs> but some of the things positionally are similar. Either way, I was on the outside and I got to do a lot of sprint type run rather than just running all the time, which is more suited to my kind of run. But I also kept in mind, I didn't really know what I was doing, but Coach Jobson did not put me there for no reason. He saw something in me that okay, you can be an outside back and do well. So I tried to have faith in him and his coaching abilities, and it's done well so far. 
What season is it? It's truck season at Allen Samuels. Ram trucks are raring to go, ready to work and play, and all feature the best deals of the year during Ram Power Days. Come get your brand new Ram Lone Star at Allen Samuels with 0% for 72 and no payments for 90 days. Or choose up to $9,250 in bonus cash and incentives. Ram, the highest pickup owner loyalty in America. Shop, apply, buy online. We deliver Ram Power Days at Allen Samuels. Whether on the field or cheering from home, Du Bois Furniture is proud to support the Baylor Bears. If your bear cave needs updating, Du Bois Furniture is here to help. With over 59 years of our family serving yours, let our experienced sales team help you find exactly what you want. We specialize in custom upholstery, stunning dining rooms, elegant bedrooms, gorgeous leather, and top quality mattresses. Come see us in Waco and Temple or visit us online at DuBoisFurniture.com. Du Bois Furniture, where beautiful homes happen. Now, back to the Sikkim Podcast, presented by your friend in the car business, Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat. Visiting with Kaylee Abels, this week's Sikkim Podcast, production of Baylor Athletics, presented by Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat. Kaylee from Baylor Soccer, and uh, Brooke, we're in the presence of uh, Big 12 greatness here with Kaylee. We are. How about Kaylee? The Big 12 uh, Defensive Player of the Week for not one, but two weeks this year. Kaylee, congratulations. Both weeks you've been honored by the Big 12. Thank you so much. It's such an honor. I was about to say, you you had just mentioned before the break that Coach Jobson put you there for a reason. He saw something in you. Obviously, the Big 12 committee is seeing something in you to vote you Defensive Player of the Week both weeks of the 2020 season so far uh what does that mean to you to be recognized like that it's a pretty cool thing to know that your work is getting paid off and it's just such a big thing for my team too my team is so supportive and I feel the exact same way towards the team I don't think I would be as good of a player if I wasn't trusting of my other backs I want to make some of the decisions defensively that I would normally if I didn't know that Sarah Norman or Chloe Opich or Jennifer was right back there supporting me. So do I step to this player and think that I'm going to get beat and that they're going to be there and have my back? So I think that's a big reason that our team does so well defensively right now, just the trusting aspect. A couple of uh, shutouts uh, so far by your team. In fact, a couple of 0-0 draws your first two matches how do you feel like those first two have gone, uh, first against TCU, then last week against uh, Texas Tech? And, John, we have to point out double overtime. So uh, double we overtime. might not have had preseason games, but we are getting our minutes of soccer in. <laughs> Good point. Um, TCU is kind of a shock for everybody, especially half of the team, which are freshmen that played. But we just – we can practice all we want. We can do all of the right drills, but you just don't get the same level of intensity that you do when you play a college game, especially D1, Big 12. Those are big girls, fast, strong, just everything. So it was kind of a shock. So we're just kind of running around, working hard. We aren't really getting in the groove of anything yet, but it's just all heart and soul. And that's what this team is made of this year. And then Whenever we went to Tech, we kind of settled down, okay, first game jitters out of the way, and then we, you saw us passing more. We were able to still connect, and I think we don't really have 
years of chemistry with this new team just because they're so green. So we're still getting used to playing with them and they're adapting very quickly, very well. So I think the more we settle down, get our chemistry with their, with the other players, the better it'll be. You can see all the right ideas are there. It's just the execution of, okay, does this girl like the ball to her feet? Does she like it in front of her? Just getting used to playing with each other, I think. And the more we play with each other, the better we're going to be. Your freshman season back in 2018, you recorded the most minutes of any freshman on the team. Uh, we've talked plenty about how you were moved to the back line and you were the only freshman back there. Uh, as the junior leader this year, you guys have a couple of freshmen on the back line helping you keep those 0-0 draws uh, what they are. Um, do you, have you had any advice to them on you know, what it takes, because they didn't have the preseason like you mentioned before. So what's that communication been like with someone like yourself who was literally in their shoes just a couple of years ago? Oh, my goodness. It's been so different. And also, I have so much respect for those upperclassmen that took me under my freshman year. And I, I do not think I can live up to their <laughs> standards of what they have for me, especially just such big shoes to feel like Sarah King just such a presence back there but and I kind of fall short because I'm also this is a terrible thing but it's I'm very quiet on the field and you definitely should not be especially as a defender so that's something that I have to keep working on too my coaches tell me all the time my other defenders tell me all the time but I think I need to start communicating with them more on the field I think I'm doing a good job of it outside of the field outside of the field saying hey do this. I've had freshmen come up to me in my position, outside defender Sarah Horniak, and ask for advice. She's been watching our previous film even before she's gotten here. She's a rock star. And just asking me, okay, why did you do this? Is this correct? Is this? She just wants to learn so much. And the fact that they're taking the initiative to come to me just shows how much they really want it. Do you feel as though all those years of experience as a forward before you hit college um, obviously you knew what you were trying to do to get past the defensive line. Um, do you feel like now that because you've switched that mentality, uh, do you feel a little bit more prepared to make that, to have made that switch to where you kind of have an idea of what they're going to be bringing to you during games? Absolutely. And I've also played with a lot of these girls before we've played club together. We've played against nationals like TCU. She didn't play this game, but Messiah Bright was actually on my last club team before we came to college soccer. I have girls in Kansas, just players from all over. So, I mean, de players definitely get better from high school to college, but you see some of the same tendencies and I, I'm sure they can say the exact same thing about me. So just things that make them better than players that you would normally see like the athleticism, what they tend to do when they get the ball to the right foot. I think just knowing those things, if you can stick with the best of the best, I think you're pretty much going to do well when you play other teams. Haley, what do you think about the schedule this year? It's really different just playing uh, one match per week uh, on a Thursday night or a Friday night. Uh, that, that's a lot different, isn't it, than the turnaround from a Thursday, Sunday or a Friday, Sunday? Oh, it's so different. We get so much more recovery time, so it's nice. So the freshmen are going to be in for a shock next year when we turn around and have a Sunday game. But, yeah, it's pretty different. Travel-wise on Thursdays, it's pretty much the same. It just offers more time to recovery so we can get more done in practices throughout the week. We're not having to 
do a quick turnaround recovery to where we can't practice as hard because we don't have that Sunday practice, the Sunday game now. And speaking of travel, how, how was the travel to Lubbock? You played out there last Friday. Uh, travel looks a little different this year, doesn't it? Oh my gosh, it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> oh my gosh, I got car sick on the way up there. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, I was sitting at the back of the bus for whatever reason and we were all socially distanced. So we don't share seats. Upperclassmen don't share seats to begin with. But <laughs> we took two buses up there instead of one. So instead of sitting right next to each other, usually I'll have Jennifer sit right next to me or across from me, but she, we're having to sit staggered and with spaces in between the rows. Wow. So we took two buses just to be safe. So nobody would be considered a close contact. Gotcha. Well, you just mentioned her, obviously she's a good friend. Jennifer wants our, uh, the senior goalkeeper for the team. Um, you guys take a lot of pride, obviously, in, in those shutouts. And she's currently tied for most solo shutouts in a career. Um, she's got 27 right now, tied for first in program history. And if she can get one more in her, in her season right now, the senior season, um, you know, she'll solidify that record to herself. As a junior defensive back right there with her, does, do you take pride in possibly helping her, you know, solidify that record? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't want to be scored on. I love Jennifer, but regardless of the record, I just don't want to be scored on. <laughs> but I think if Jennifer can get that record, that's just amazing for her. She deserves everything. She's worked so hard. She's one of the hardest working people I know, and she just cares so much about this team. So I'm excited for her. I really am. And I think... Obviously, she's an amazing player, but she's deserved everything that she's gotten. Well, and that says a lot. It is a, it's, it's a solo record, but it, she couldn't have done it without the defensive back and that line that you uh, so greatly take charge in. Uh, so do you feel as though it's kind of your record as well, getting to take part in that? Um, I think we definitely help her out. But I think sometimes there's times that she helps us out when she saves and we're like, I remember going up to her after certain games and Jennifer, you saved us. You saved our butts. <laughs> that happens probably multiple times a game, actually, because sometimes we save her in ways that we wouldn't normally, like that abnormal TCU slide tackle in front of the goal, that normally doesn't happen. But then she saves a ball against Texas Tech that's clearly going in, and she just barely tips it over the goal. Just I had nothing to do with that save. That was all Jennifer. So, I mean, it goes hand in hand, but I don't think we could operate without each other. Kaylee, if we hear the coaches uh, talking to you during a game or in practice, uh, do they say Kaylee or do they say Rocks? Where does, where does the nickname Rocks come from? <laughs> Actually, Rocks is used by my team. But it's yep. mostly used when I'm heading. Okay. That's where the <laughs> that's where it actually came from because apparently I can head very far, and I got a pretty they say like a hard head. So. <laughs> that's that's the coaches actually call me Abels or Kaylee Abels, never just Kaylee. Oh really? Yeah. Who gave you the nickname Rocks? How far back does that go? It, I believe it was my freshman year, Kylie Ross. Ross. Yeah. I like it. Duck. Thank you. I hear <laughs> it on the sidelines all the time. <laughs> 
Kaylee, as a, uh, as a student athlete, and you're a very good student and a very good athlete, but uh, as a student, how, how different is this semester going through COVID? Uh, are you going to classes? Are you doing them virtually? What's that like? So most people on our team are actually doing online classes. Right now, I'm a mix of in-person and hybrid just because I'm so far, I'm about to graduate in May, so I'm already so far up in my specialized. I'm not taking those core classes that are going to be several hundred students anymore. So I, I think in my first class on Monday, I had like four or five people just regularly that are in the class. So it's very easy to social distance. So those are my in-person classes. And then I have some hybrid to where it's only once a week and the rest is online, but it's, it's just a different format. But I'd say it's, the atmosphere is definitely very different. I'm always in the business school and there's not as much people hanging out in the business school. And I think teachers are more understanding and more flexible they have, they're basically ready right now. If everything just got shut down, they're ready to go online, just on a switch because they're expecting just to be prepared, especially if one of them, I've had teachers say, if I get COVID, we're going online for the rest of the year. So I think right now it's very flexible. And especially with my travel, I'm, I missed last Thursday's class and I'm probably, I'm going to miss this Thursday's class. So I'm happy to communicate with the same teachers and they're just being so amazing, letting me come in early to do my work. So I don't have to turn in anything late or be behind or anything. So I think they're very, very, very good with student athletes, especially if you communicate with them, that's their biggest thing. You said, you mentioned it, uh, you guys are headed on the road again this weekend up to uh, Iowa State. Um, how do you guys feel preparation has gone for that game and uh, tell us a little bit about what you're looking forward to, to getting to play that match this weekend. So preparation wise, we've definitely been mostly recovering at this point. And then tomorrow or today, we're going to turn around and just today's probably going to be our harder practice. And then we kind of scale it down like a peak right now. We've been recovering, 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 and then practice and then practice. And then we turn around and go. So it's still a fast turnaround, just not as quick as Sunday's. But we're exciting. We're actually flying to this one. So that's, I don't know how that's going to look yet. This is our first trip where we have flown, but I'm really excited. I love when we get to travel. It, it definitely makes schooling more difficult, but you get to see cool things. And I don't know how much we're actually going to get to go explore, but just being out with a team is a pretty cool experience. Kaylee, a final question from me, at least. Uh, the faith aspect of Baylor, you mentioned that as a real factor in choosing Baylor and coming here, and just the atmosphere around the team uh, under Coach Jobson. Uh, it's a real opportunity to, to grow in faith and be around like-minded people, isn't it? It is. It really is. And Coach Jobson really emphasizes it, too. I mean, he obviously loves soccer, but he also knows that there's something that's way bigger than us. And I think if anyone has seen us play, regardless of what year it is, they can't point it out. Maybe we're not the fastest, strongest, whatever, but they can always point out there's something different about this team. What is it? And I think collectively as a team, we just fellowship so much. And this is our form of worshiping God. This is our form of like glorifying him. I mean, the glory is already his, but whenever you have people out doing his work, people that love him as a team, like I'm in small groups, our team as a whole is already very involved in the faith aspects, but I'm involved with small groups within the team who we continue, we're accountability groups, we make sure 
we're getting in the Bible, we're reading, we're connecting with people that are Christians, we connect with people that are not Christians. We keep each other accountable actually every week. So that's also very important to me. That's important to my team. And I think that's a very important aspect to what we do on the team. Even, even the girls that aren't Christians, they're able to see those of us that are and how that translates into soccer. So it's not just, okay, I'm a Christian and now I'm going onto the field to know I'm an athlete. It's how can you bring that Christianity into every aspect of your life? I think you said that perfect. Thank you so much for uh, waking up early with us this morning and um, letting us celebrate with you the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Week for the second time uh, this season so far. Actually, just the two honors that they've only given out to. So uh, congratulations again, and thank you so much for visiting with us this morning. Thank you all so much for having me. If you need a trailer, Flat Rock Trailers has got you covered. From light-duty single-axle utility trailers to the big Tex tandem duels. We also carry a full line of enclosed cargo trailers. Need a motorcycle trailer? We've got them. Need a dump trailer? We've got the largest selection in the state. Oil field trailers? We carry a full line of big Tex trailers to handle all your needs. Trailer repairs? We repair all makes and models. We'll even rent you a trailer if you need to use one for a day. Flat Rock Trailers, your number one source for all your trailer needs. Find us at flatrocktrailers.com. say my wife and I have a lot to clean is an understatement. So we go to TNG Chemical, where the pros know what cleaning solutions to use and give us detailed instructions on exactly how to use them. We never got that kind of advice from any other stores. And the prices at TNG are great, from general household cleaners to odor control solutions for our pets. We go to TNG Chemical and Supply. That's why. TNG Chemical and Supply. That's why. You're listening to the Sikkim Podcast, a production of Baylor Athletics. Here again are Brooke Bednars and John Morris. Welcome back to the Sikkim Podcast. I'm Brooke Bednars, along with Voice of the Bears, John Morris. And John, now we are joined by a cross-country student athlete, Mr. Ryan Day. He's a junior from Right here in Waco, Texas, we have a we have a theme going on I with like that. It. I'm liking yeah. these local athletes. Uh, Ryan, how are you doing today? And thanks for joining us. I, I'm doing well. I'm glad to be here. So our first guest on the podcast was Kaylee Abels from soccer. So who runs more over the course of uh, <laughs> a practice a day? Is it you cross country or is it soccer? Well, uh, I played soccer for a couple of years back in high school. They do a lot of running. <laughs> yes. But it can't be compared to cross country. Okay, so you got her beat there. <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty handily, I think. Nice. You, uh, as as Brooke said, you come to us from Midway High School, junior here at Baylor. Your dad works here. I'm telling you, I know, I've known your dad forever. He has helped us uh, in IT services, Scott Day, uh, forever. Uh, so it sounds like you kind of grew up around Baylor and maybe Baylor athletics, also. Yeah, no, I really did. I remember. Uh, like headed out to basketball games, football games from a very young age, like back at Floyd Casey, <laughs> watching the Bears. But uh, yeah, I've been in Waco my whole life. So uh, went to high school here, like you mentioned, and definitely I've uh, been around Baylor a lot. It's been great. So obviously, um, we're going to talk about your journey to the cross country team here at Baylor. But I do want to know how did you get involved with cross country because I don't think kids voluntarily early on mm -hmm. just decide I want to go run miles and <laughs> miles, or at least I don't. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, there's an interesting sort of, uh, a saying, I guess you could say in, uh, 
cross country. That's like, we, we all start off as soccer players so <laughs> in, in middle school and high school. I played soccer. And one day one of my buddies was like, Hey, let's go like do cross country for a day. It'll keep us in shape for soccer. So after school, we went out to the cross country team and worked out. And I was like, Hey, this is, this is kind of fun. I like this running thing. So uh, a few weeks later had our first meet. And from then on, I was just in love with it. So uh, I played soccer for a couple more years, but eventually I transitioned just to running and that's where I am now. So, Would you say that's an easy transition? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. Uh, I mean, like I mentioned earlier, soccer involves a lot of running. You're always moving and it's sort of a natural extension. I think it's just a uh, more organized running <laughs> What about, what about the mindset? Because I know I grew up playing soccer and we kind of talked with Kaylee about, you know, the different mindset that soccer takes, but you know, you are chasing after a ball. She talked about <laughs> little sprints here and there, you know, to, to beat a forward now that she's on the defensive line. Um, but you guys just run and run <clears throat> and run. So what's the mindset? True. What's going on in your mind when you, when you're at a meet? Well, I think part of it is uh, you're always thinking about the finish. You're thinking about, okay, I've got to, I mean, th that's the, that's the objective of the race. You got to get the finish as fast as you can. So that's sort of always on your mind. But uh, I think I'm just sort of a competitive person. So I look to the people to the right and left of me and think, well, they're suffering. I'm suffering. We're all suffering. <laughs> like uh, let's, uh, I'll do it the best, I guess. So. Ryan, we talked about uh, your dad's been here a long time working at Baylor. Were you always uh, coming to Baylor, or did you ever look at some other schools? I I applied to a couple other places, but I think uh, Baylor was always my first choice. I'd been around campus, was familiar with the town, uh, familiar with the campus. So uh, I think, uh, assuming I got accepted, which I did, I was always, always headed here. Good, so. good. And I guess ideally, uh, you know, you might have got a scholarship offer from, from uh, track and field, from cross country. That didn't happen immediately out of high school. But you were, uh, you were determined, weren't you, to, to try to find a spot on the cross country team? Yeah. So when I was uh, running in high school, I, I mean, I, I'd won a couple races here and there. But, like, I didn't really think that collegiate running was necessarily in my future. Um, my first objective was to uh, go to school, get an engineering degree, and uh, I thought it might be cool if I could run while doing that, but it wasn't really on my radar until about senior year. And senior year, I had a couple good races, and I thought, you know, maybe maybe there's a chance. <laughs> I, I, I'd been accepted to Baylor at that point, so I thought, well, maybe I'll just I'll just shoot the coach an email, shoot Coach Cap an email, and uh, see what happens and. Uh, he said I could try out, so um, I tried out and then waited for a roster spot to open up. It took uh, took a couple of years, <laughs> um, but I think uh, late sophomore late sophomore year. So I guess first semester, late in the cross country season, sophomore year, uh, they finally got me onto the team, and uh, that's sort of the the short story of uh, how I how I became a collegiate runner. Wasn't something I expected, right? But, uh, uh, I'm thankful that it's happened. So sounds like your persistence paid off with coach cap. Yeah. I, I actually, uh, tried out twice. The first time I, I ran at the, the local, the Baylor home meet, the bear twilight invitational. And, uh, I ran well, 
But uh, there wasn't a roster spot at the time, so Cap said, uh, I'd like to have you, but you're going to have to come back next year and prove that you're still in shape a year from now. And then I'll have a spot if you're ready. So I had to sort of run on my own for uh, a, a whole year uh, at Baylor. And uh, I did. It maybe wasn't like I wasn't in the best shape of my life, maybe, but I was in a good enough shape to prove that I could do this thing. So, yeah, persistence was definitely key there for the year I was sort of um, in limbo waiting for mm. the invitation. Tell us a little bit about that training because you were attempting to live the, the student athlete schedule and, you know, staying with the, fo the focus and the, you know, the determination of staying in collegiate athletic shape while just being a student with a very difficult major that I would love to ask you about here in a little bit. But, um, how did you manage to find the motivation to train knowing you did have to wait an entire year? Where'd that come from? Well, so part of it after the first, after the first time I ran at the Twilight Invitational, I realized, you know, like I run with these collegiate guys. I think I can do it. Um, all I need to do is stay in shape, get a little better. And, uh, uh like I'll have a spot on the team, I think, assuming a roster spot opened up. So that was the primary motivated, like motivating factor. I think I knew I could do it. So I went out every morning and thought, do this i can like if i run today and the day after and the day after um eventually eventually i'll be in the team so that was part of it the other part of it is i've just i've always loved i've always loved running as soon as i like ever since i got started it, it's been very enjoyable so i think after i'm after i'm done running at college i'll still be out running recreationally um it's a good hobby i like it obviously the the health benefit benefits are there but <laughs> good but that year you didn't have the benefit of, of running with teammates you know or running in a group that, you that's were true. you were having to do that on your own that's that's pretty good self-motivation yeah no that was that was probably the most difficult part even even now these days like when i go home for the summer when everyone else scatters to go home for the summer it's tough to go out and run your seven eight nine ten miles <laughs> a morning without any of your teammates around um yeah, if, in a sense, I didn't really know what I was missing before I before I got on the team. Like, uh, ran with my high school teammates, but it wasn't quite the tight knit community that the, the the Baylor team is. So, that's definitely something that I miss whenever uh, whenever the teammates aren't around. So. <laughs> yeah, I, here's a question for you uh, for your sport. Uh, I see you guys run and you run together. You know, in a group, you're close to each other. I see the women, you know, running together in a group. And, and you're running long distances. This is just in practice. Is there ever any conversation that takes place oh, while oh you're yeah. running? Oh, yeah. Is there really? Oh, yes, yes. No. You, okay. can, you can run and breathe and talk. Yeah. And have a time. conversation. Because <laughs> we all know if you're listening, I struggle with that. Yeah. So. <laughs> no, there, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of chatter. We, we like to crack jokes, just sort of talk about life, just – just hang out. It, it's some good team bonding time. Yeah, that, sure. That might sound crazy. You're up <laughs> an eight-mile run having a conversation. But Are you talking only in the first mile, or are we still talking in the eighth mile? No, see, the, the, the daily sort of mileage runs are pretty casual. We can we can sort of talk to each other the whole time. If you get to work out, we're, we're all business, but there's, yeah. not, there's, not, there's not that much talking. But for the just for the, the daily, you know, jogging around campus, we, we're chatting away. Yeah. 
his jog around campus, Brooke, is a little different. I was about to say, <laughs> it's, it's a pretty quick pace, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> it's like seven-minute, 640 pace. So. <laughs> Jeez, that's Jeez. great. What season is it? It's truck season at Allen Samuels. Ram trucks are raring to go, ready to work and play, and all feature the best deals of the year during Ram Power Days. Come get your brand new Ram Lone Star at Allen Samuels with 0% for 72 and no payments for 90 days. Or choose up to $9,250 in bonus cash and incentives. Ram, the highest pickup owner loyalty in America. Shop, apply, buy online. We deliver Ram Power Days at Allen Samuels. I hate my job, but I don't mind getting up in the morning. I dread each day, but I can't wait to get out of bed. You ask me why, and what I'll say to you is true. Well, you can get breakfast tacos at Rudy's Barbecue. Scrambled eggs and brisket, they ain't fooling around. Salsa wrap, son, they're the best in town. Barbecue for breakfast, yes, it's true. Put a smile on your morning at Rudy's Barbecue. This is the Sikkim Podcast, presented by your friend in the car business, Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat in Waco, online at alansamuelsdcj.com. Ryan Day is our guest, Baylor Cross Country on the Sikkim Podcast, production of Baylor Athletics, thanks to Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, our presenting sponsor of the Sikkim Podcast. And Ryan, uh, the schedule's a little different for you guys this year. Uh, for every sport, it's a little bit different. Uh, you ran last week at Abilene, uh, you versus Baylor versus Abilene. How'd that go, and what do you think about the upcoming schedule? Yeah, our, our schedule this year is uh, a little different. Um, we, in, in a sense, like, most seasons we know where we're going like more than two weeks before right. we end up going. So, so we've, we've sort of been a uh, winging it this year, but, uh, we have some good meets lined up. Abilene was the first one. Um, we've got Oklahoma state next week or two weeks from now, excuse me. So, uh, that'll be a good race. Um, in regards to how Abilene went, I think it went pretty well. Uh, men's and women's teams both won the meet. Um, we had, the top individual second. finisher. I, I finished second, yes. so uh, second to my good friend Connor. So um, it was it was a good race. I think uh, it was the first race in a really long time. Mm-hmm. So it was good to sort of get out and uh, get into that competitive mindset again. Like uh, hard workouts are always sort of a big deal, but races are our next level. So it was fun to get out and really really throw it out and really compete for the first time in months. So, yeah. When was, uh, so your outdoor season kind of got shot last year because of COVID. When was the last time you had run competitively before Abilene? There was a meet right before spring break last, last semester. And, uh, that, that was the big 12 indoor conference championships and, uh, came away from that meet pretty happy, but looking forward to, outdoor starting in maybe like two weeks, three right. weeks afterwards. And, uh, obviously that never happened. So, uh, it's been since, since March, I guess is when spring break was that I haven't raced. So, wow. What, uh, when people hear your story of kind of pitching yourself, having the determination to try out not just once, but twice until that spot was made available for you on the team. Um, and now you're one of the top two, 
on the men's side, finishing second in meets like you just did last weekend. Um, what do you hope people take away from your story? Well, I mean, uh, before I get to that, I guess it was, it, it could be key to mention that I didn't really anticipate being like one of the top runners when I got here. I, it just sort of, uh, I've, I've been blessed to have some good training and, uh, been able to stay out of injuries and things like that. Um, but I sort of just, I didn't really anticipate it, but I sort of just stumbled into that sort of one of the top spots in the team. And I guess the, the lesson there is if you're, I mean, I, I almost say it's say minding your own business, but if you're just working hard, doing what you know, like what you know how to do. And, uh, if you always stay competitive and ready to like keep improving, I mean, it sounds cliche, but you could probably do just about anything you, you put your mind to. So after like, uh, after a season or two with the team, I was like, you know, I, I feel like I could be pretty good at this. So my mindset sort of changed from, I'm just sort of trying to join the team to, I want to be like best in the team. I want to be the best in the conference. Like it, it it's hard to, hard, hard to see where to stop there, but mm -hmm. <laughs> like, uh, I, I think you could be as good as you, as good as you can imagine, as good as you can dream to be. If you, if you put your, if you put work, um, if you work on it. So. Ryan, uh, mechanical engineering degree is what you're shooting for here at Baylor. Uh, where, where do you see yourself in the future? What would you like to do with that degree? So uh, I think I'd like to work in the aerospace industry okay. with the mechanical engineering degree. So um, something like, I don't know, rockets, air, airplanes, <laughs> space like spacecraft, uh, something cool, I think. Um, but, yeah, I think that's the goal. I'm going to – I'm planning on going to grad school – so, um, undergrad mechanical engineering, master's mechanical engineering, and then, uh, see what sort of opportunities there are for designing things that fly, I guess. <laughs> That's great. Where'd that passion come from? Uh, I don't know. Like when you talk to engineers, you hear a lot of people say things like, oh, I just always loved playing with Legos or, <laughs> oh, I was always folding paper airplanes, but it's true. So I always enjoyed sort of building things, drawing things, folding paper airplanes. And, uh, as I got older, I just thought, well, why not do that for a career? <laughs> just, uh, come up with spaceships or like fighter jets. It sounds, it sounds kind of, uh, I don't know. It might sound kind of childish, but it sounds fun to me. So <laughs> mechanical engineering is a difficult degree for anyone. And then on top of that, being a student athlete and having that schedule, but do you find, I wouldn't say myself running as therapeutic, but for someone like you possibly, um, would you say that your status as a student athlete on the cross country team, does that kind of help you get away from the rigorous class schedule that is mechanical engineering? Uh, to an extent, yes. I think running can be sort of a stress, stress relieving therapeutic exercise. Um, also hanging out with the teammates, uh, just going to dinner, waking up in the morning, chatting for nine mile run, <laughs> but <laughs> just, uh, hanging out with them is also sort of a, a good way to relax. Um, the other thing it really being a student athlete really forces you to do is manage your time well, or, uh, attempt to try your best to manage your time well. So 
not to say I don't have some late nights doing engineering homework, but for the most part, we wake up at 6 a.m. to run, so I need to be going to bed at like 9, 9.30, 10 to be successful. So to an extent, like, a, like being unstressed is uh, beneficial to your training as well. So there's sort of a, like, they're the therapeutic effects of running, but also you need to, you need to keep your, your ducks in a row if you want to be successful as a student athlete in terms of your time management and your stress levels. So, um, sort of the duality there, I guess. Ryan, we're, uh, in the fall uh, talking about cross country, the sport you're involved in now, but what about indoor track and outdoor track? What are the events you've competed in there and the, uh, and the relay teams you've been a part of? So indoor track is the only season I've actually run, um, attached in, in the, the Baylor uniform. So, Last year for indoor, I ran the mile, the, and, and the three K just the mile and the three K okay. I think. And, uh, I ran the mile leg on the distance medley, distance medley relay, the DMR at the big 12 conference meet. So, um, and, and that was, that was good fun. I really, the, the relays are sort of a change of pace from your normal distance races. And, and that was a lot of fun. And I also ran the three K at that big 12 race. So. Nice. Is it neat to get to be on a relay and kind of have that team atmosphere a little bit more when y'all just take off on long cross country runs? Obviously <laughs> you're scoring for the team and things of that nature all throughout track, but it is still at the end of the day an individual race. Yeah. Having the baton in your hand on a relay is a, uh, is a whole nother level of uh, accountability to your team. <laughs> um, of course the team placement is really crucial in cross country as well. Like you mentioned, um, I know in our last race at Abilene, our, our real, our primary objective was to win the, win the team race. So when I was running, I was thinking, okay, my teammates are here. I'm here. This is what I need to do to help the team win. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, people might think that the distance running, the distance fence are sort of, a individual, individual struggle against your, yourself to, to like finish well, but there's a, there's a good team component that I enjoy that's built into a lot of those races. So the uh, Cowboy Jamboree is, is next on the schedule, October 3rd, that's in Stillwater. And is that the course that is hosting nationals this year? It is if they, if they get around to if, it. Yeah, if we have nationals. Yeah, is so, that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. So I think right now they're planning on, they canceled nationals for the fall, but they're going to try to get back to it in the spring. Okay. And uh, Stillwater will be the the host location okay. for that event. Yeah, and that's a that's a really top notch course, obviously. Yeah, it's a top notch course, and I've heard it's a very difficult course to run. It's it's got some hills. Um, it's very hilly, from what I've heard. So uh, it'll be a good a good challenge, a good test. Looking forward to it. Is this going to be the second time around that you've raced all these courses, or is does does that always change every schedule every year? So usually our schedule is fairly predictable. We, we like to revisit a lot of the same races. Like we, we usually go to Fayetteville for the chili pepper, uh, cross country race every year, but this year they canceled it. Um, so we're going to Stillwater instead. So usually the schedule is kind of familiar. Like you've been to a lot of the places that we go, but this year is sort of a wild card in that, that respect. So I've never been to Stillwater for the cross country race. So 
it'll be a new experience for me. How do how do you prep for a course you've never run before? Um, well, so just this morning we did a we did a big hill workout because we know Stillwater is hilly, so you sort of hear like anecdotal things like that about oh it's got hills so you run hills or oh it's uh, it's flat so you're prepared for a fast a fast sort of tactical race, um, but to degree a lot of the preparation comes when you get to the course for the first time and you jog around it, you see like where the hills are, where the finish is, where the start is, like uh, where the course might get narrow, things like that. And you work from there. So I'll be paying attention when we jog around in Stillwater in a week or two mm-hmm. to uh, see what it's like. Where uh, is a hill workout here in Waco? Where would we have found you <laughs> at 6 a.m. this morning? Uh, 6.30, <laughs> I was in Cameron Park okay. in the uh, mist and drizzle, uh, running up some some of the hills behind uh, the Redwood Shelter. So, Gotcha. That's the spot. You yep. had to enjoy the cooler weather, though. That has to be nice. It, the weather has been much better the past few weeks than it was this summer, <laughs> especially here in Waco this summer, which is where it was. <laughs> it was hot. Well, why was it I, – I do – this kind of crossed my mind earlier um, when we talked about the dedication to, you know, making the team – uh, you never told us what it was like when you found out you made the team. What was that conversation like? And, you know, what went on in your mind to know that all the hard work, all the running on your own had finally paid off and that you had earned that spot? Yeah. So after my second sort of unofficial tryout at the Baylor Twilight Invite, um, I had a meeting with Cap, Coach Cap in his office. And he said something along the lines of, we got a spot and I think you could help this team. I think you can prove this team. And I was like trying to play it cool. I was like, uh, <laughs> I was like trying to restrain any like fist pumps or, um, grins, I guess. But, but I was excited. It was, it was a very exciting moment. Um, a gratifying moment because I had been running a long time with, uh, this goal in mind, like a, a year plus at that point. So, um, it, it was very exciting. I was pretty pleased. So what'd your high school midway high school coach think about when you, I'm sure you were able to <laughs> tell them that, that you'd made the team after all the work and, uh, what, the, what was that conversation like? Yeah. So, uh, my high school coach, Ronnie Bowles, we, we've been good friends. He coached me for four years. Uh, he was actually one of the people who helped with the children's programs at my church before then. So I've known him a long time, but, uh, yeah, I, I saw him at, a race not too long. I I guess it was my second, my first full season with the team, my second year of the team or something like that. And he came out and I saw him and, uh, just sort of chatted, I guess (laughs) he, he congratulated me. So, um, yeah, it was, it it was a good moment. I I probably, I I hope I thanked him because, uh, (laughs) because, uh, he deserves thanks for sort of getting me, uh, getting me started on this, on this path. So, well, I'm sure your story is being told at many a midway cross country uh, practices <laughs> yeah. as a motivation. So, well, we can't thank you enough for coming in and sharing your story and uh, telling us all the ins and outs of Baylor cross country. Um, you know, we really appreciate your time today. Sure, sure, no worries. And best of luck in Oklahoma yeah. in thank about you. two thank weeks. You. Yeah. 
Thanks a lot, Ryan, for being with us. Ryan Day was here earlier. Kaylee Abels was with us. And for Brooke Bednars, I'm John Morris. That is this week's Sikkim Podcast. We invite you to join us next week for another edition of the Sikkim Podcast. You've been listening to the Sikkim Podcast. Presented by your friend in the car business, Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat in Waco. Online at alansamuelsdcj.com. The Sikkim Podcast has been a production of Baylor Athletics.